welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Come on, if the Lord's touched you this morning, can you just give a praise wave? Give a praise wave. Come on, isn't God good? Don't you already feel better than the way that you came in this morning? That's why I love Jesus, man. Love Jesus. I've been, I've been saying this over and over and over, and, and, and not just, you know, in, in uh, you know, preaching from the, from, from the platform, but just my life preaching. It's funny. What I'm finding out is that I'm preaching even when I'm not preaching. <laughs> Everywhere that I go, I might be by myself. I think the other day my wife walked in and, 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 and it looked like I was, like, talking to somebody, almost like a, like a, like, argue, like I was arguing, but I wasn't arguing. I was, I was preaching in my spirit. I was like, I was going at it as I get stirred up and I just find myself not not that I'm preaching because I'm trying to preach it's just like you know when the gospel is in you when when the goodness of God is in you you can't help wherever you go you just want to let somebody know about it and if there's nobody there then I'm just I'm gonna let the devil know you ain't getting any ground in my life today and so I just find myself <laughs> over and over because I just love the Lord but but here's what, I, what I've been saying is the beautiful thing about the Bible, the gospel, is it's so simple. Jesus, he saves, he heals, and he delivers. It's so simple. He saves, he heals, he delivers. And God's not complicated. We, as people, complicate the gospel. Because you know that saying, I want to I wanna have my cake and, and, and eat it too? Right? We want to have, have our ways and God's ways, but it doesn't work like that. And so we complicate the gospel, and it's very easy to utilize the gospel for our own kingdom's sake, but the Bible says in the book of Matthew to seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. Well, thank God that there's things that can be added unto our life, but when we seek him and his righteousness, and it's very easy to to encounter the Lord and experience the blessing of God in our life to a measure, but not wholly and fully give our lives to Him and seek Him first in everything that we do. It's not just seeking Him in the first part of your day. That'd be pretty easy. All I got to do is set an alarm on my phone and just say, seek the Lord. It's seek him first in everything that you do, before every conversation, before every decision, before every place that you go. You should be seeking him first so that you can put on the mind of Christ. I want to have the mind of Christ in everything that I do. Because if not, it's too easy to lower my mindset to a worldly mindset. And I don't want to have worldly thinking. I want to have godly thinking. I, I want to be reminded at every moment, I'm a child of the Most High God. I have an authority, a power in the mighty name of Jesus. And when the devil tries to come at me, because I'm so strong in the things of God, I can tear down the strongholds of the enemy. He's not going to hold me back from the things that God has for my life, but it starts when I'm seeking him first in everything that I do. And so the Bible, it's, it's really simple. And, and I want to speak to you this morning and really, it's, it's, it's a passage that the Lord brought me to 
uh, over a couple weeks ago, but over this last week I've been, been just spending time praying into it and reading about it. And, and to be honest with you, I had no intention of starting a church series. I love what the Lord's been doing every Sunday. And um, we just come, we worship the Lord, we seek Jesus, He heals, He saves, He delivers. You know, we proclaim the good news and, man, we continue reaching our world with life. <laughs> it's awesome, right? And we've just been in a phenomenal season. Our first quarter has been all about getting into position. The second quarter of this year has been speaking to the area of change. That there's some things that we might need to change in our life if we're going to be able to step into what God has for our life. There's some things you might need to let go. Again, that's why Hebrews says to take off every weight and sin that easily entangles you. There's nothing worse than knowing your purpose in God. The plan that God has for your life. The ability that God wants to prosper your life. But you still allow things to be anchored to your life that holds you back from it. I don't want to see the finish line and never cross it. I want to cross the finish line and embrace everything when I get there. And so as I was studying and preparing, the Lord brought me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11. So if you're wondering what we're going to read from, we're going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 11 this morning. And um, the next several weeks, I, I want to get into this chapter and just allow ourselves to lean into it um, as we are speaking this year into the area of being greater, specifically again into this quarter of change. Uh, there's some things that if we want the full measure of God's blessing, we might have to change. And as I said, the Bible is simple. It's not complicated. It's not hard. Um, God makes it very simple. It's simply this. If you walk in obedience, those who are willing and obedient, right? This is in, this is in the chapter we're going to read. You will eat of the good of the land. If I'm obedient, I walk in blessing. If I'm disobedient, there's no blessing. Anybody want blessing in this room? Anybody want your life to be blessed in this room? Your health to be blessed into this room. Your job to be blessed into this room. Your family to be blessed into this room. Your health to be blessed into this room. Does anybody want blessing in this place this morning? That should be every hand in this place. That's the abundant life. That's the fullness of Christ Jesus in your life. But in order to do so, it simply comes down to, am I walking in obedience? And in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11, Moses is speaking on behalf of the word of the Lord that came to him, and he's communicating to all of the congregation, to all of the people, the word of the Lord. And he says this, and I'm going to start in verse 8 this morning, and we're going we're, we're gonna to teach it a little bit, preach a little bit. Um, so just be patient. Don't worry. we got three weeks to scream and to shout and whatever else is going to come out of this passage. Um, I do believe this, though, for the Lord spoke to me this, is that for some people, they're going to receive it with joy. Some people are going to reject it. Some people are going to rejoice in it, and some people are going to revolt against it. Because at the end of the day, to have the full measure of blessing, it requires a full surrender. And dare I say, there are things in our life that we don't want to surrender. We want to surrender some of us, but not all of us. We want Jesus as Savior, but do you have Jesus as Lord? Because if you have him as Lord, he's Lord over every area of your life, even the areas that you have hidden behind the closets that you don't want people to know about. At the end of the day, it's not a word or a message of condemnation, but it's a word to bring life and to bring liberty and freedom so that you can be all that God has called and created you 
to be. And so what we find here is in Deuteronomy chapter 11, starting in verse 8. The word says this, therefore you shall keep every commandment. Somebody say every commandment. Not some of the commandments, not nine out of ten of the commandments, not just a little bit of it, not just the ones that I feel like I'm benefit from. Uh, every commandment, he says, therefore you shall keep every commandment, which I've commanded you today. That you may be strong and go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess. And that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers, to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 10, for the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt which you've come from. Where you sowed your seed and where you watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over, somebody say cross over. But the land that you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys which drinks from the rain of heaven. A land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it. Can I tell you the eyes of our heavenly father are always on his people he sees you. He sees you when you're thriving, and he sees when you feel like I'm just barely surviving. But no matter what, when you're willing to walk obedient before the Lord, he will bring the rain. He will cause you to be fruitful if you're willing to remain anchored and devoted and wholly serve him with all of your heart. Verse 13 says this, And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I've commanded you today, here it is, to love the Lord your God, serve him with all your heart and all your soul, then I will give you rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain that you may gather your grain, your new wine, and your oil. And I will send grass into your fields for your livestock that you may eat and be filled. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and turn aside and serve the other gods and worship them. He's saying turn aside from the gods of this world, from the idols, from, from, from the things that don't represent who our Heavenly Father is, turn away from this, this idolatry, turn away from this worldly worship. And he says this, lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, he will shut up the heavens so there will be no rain. And the land will yield no produce and perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. How many of you know the Lord is giving us a good land? In a year that is titled greater, he wants you to know that he's got greater lands for you, greater things prepared for you. He's got greatness all around you, whether you see it or not, and he's got greatness within you, whether you see it or not. At the end of the day, when I am willing to be obedient before the Lord, that greatness will come forth. And there are good things and great things that God wants you to be able to encounter. There are good things and great things that God wants you to walk in, but it simply comes down to, are you willing and obedient? Are you willing and obedient? And Moses is, is, is telling the congregation, he's telling the people, it's that simple. If you want the blessing, it's going to come down to your ability to be 
obedient. He says this as he says, follow every commandment. Keep every commandment. He says that in verse 8, right off the bat, therefore you shall keep every command or commandment that I command you today. And I want to tell you this morning is that the commandments you keep will determine the culture that you create. The commandments that you keep, it will determine the culture that you create. And I'm not saying that necessarily that everyone in here is following the commandments of the Lord because whatever commands your life will be the culture that you establish for your life. Whatever you respond to, whatever speaks into your life, wherever you're receiving from will become the culture that you create for your life. And Moses is telling them, he says, you got to keep every commandment of the Lord if you want the culture of the kingdom. What's the culture of the kingdom? It says it right here that I will strengthen you, you will be strong, that you'll possess the land and you'll have prolonged life. Well, that's a pretty good deal. How many of you know that God wants you to be strong in every area of your life? Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. He wants you to be strong in every area of your life. He wants you not only to be strong, but he wants you to possess the land that he has for you. A better way of phrasing it is this. Is that he wants you to possess the life that he has for you. And many of us, we don't possess the life that God has for us. Because we're not all in. I want to be all in for the sake of the gospel. I want to be all in and I want to walk in the abundance that God's promised for my life. I want to be all in so that my children can benefit the blessings of God for their life. But it's when I'm all in. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to possess the land. And he wants you to have a prolonged life. In other words, he wants you to live long enough to enjoy the things that he's going to bring into your life. He doesn't want to shortchange your purpose and destiny. There's nothing worse than working to the sweat of your brow and you don't get to enjoy the fruit of your labor. So walking in obedience is not for you just to touch a blessing, but for you to be able to enjoy the good things that God has created for you. To enjoy the fruit of the family that he wants you to be able to have. To enjoy the fruit of the hard work that you're putting in when you're serving him and, and loving him and, and honoring him and giving of yourself day in and day out in whatever capacity that might be. He wants you to have a prolonged life. He wants you to be strengthened, and he wants you to possess everything that he has prepared for you. So yes, God's got good things prepared for you. Say, he's got good things prepared for me. Make it personal this morning. And so as Moses is, 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 is communicating this, and as the Lord's communicating this to Moses, and, and Moses is communicating it to the people, he's saying, listen, keep the commandments. Be strong. Possess, have prolonged life. We can stop right there and call today. Walk in obedience. Be strong. Possess what God has for you and live a long life. But he goes on and he says this. As he says is that in verse 10, for the land which you go to possess, it's not like the land of Egypt. In other words, what God's getting ready to have you step into ain't going to look like anything that took place in your past. If I were to give a title this morning or a series title for the next several weeks, I just called it Crossing Over. Crossing Over. Crossing Over. I want, I want that to, to, to rest in your heart and in your mind. 
crossing over in a season of change, we got to be willing to cross over, which means there's some things you need to let go that, that was so that you can step into what will be. you got to cross over. And he's saying to, the, to Moses, the only way that you and my people are going to cross over is you're going to have to change some things. You're, you're going to have to change the way that you think. You're going to have to change the culture that you've been living by. You need to follow my commands. Now, now watch this now because... Deuteronomy chapter 6 says this, is he says this, is that you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, and your strength. That's what it says in the Old Testament. With all of your heart, the place of conviction, what you believe, your soul, the place of affection, your emotion, and with all of your strength. Now, I thought this was fascinating because Jesus says in the book of Matthew, when the, when the Pharisees come to him, he says, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says this, love the Lord with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind. He does not say strength. And I thought that was fascinating. Why, Jesus, in the Old Testament, does it say love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your strength? But now, Jesus, you're saying, love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Well, it's pretty simple because in the Old Testament, they'd need to love them with what they believe, their conviction, their soul, the place of their feeling, their, their affection, but their strength. There was no atonement for sin that came through Jesus at that point. So their strength was their ability to come before the Lord and to make the sacrifice so that their sins could be atoned. Well, now here's Jesus, who is the ultimate atonement for all sin, and he says, those physical acts ain't going to do anymore. You need to love them with your mind. Why your mind? The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 12 and verse 1, I beseech you, brothers, now present yourself as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable before the Lord, do not conform to the world, but now be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. You need to love the Lord in rethinking the way that you think. Because the enemy knows this, is that you can say yes to Jesus and be saved, but you can live like hell because you haven't changed the way that you think. So if you love me with all your mind, you're going to put on the mind of Christ. You're going to think the way that Christ thinks, which means you're going to walk and live the way that Christ wants you to walk and live. Love him, the greatest commandment. Love him with your heart, your soul, your mind. And for some of us, we got to change the way that we think. Stop thinking the way that the world thinks. You are not who others say that you are. You are who God says that you are. You are chosen. You are royal. You are set apart. You are sons and daughters of the Most High God. You are an heir to the kingdom. I'm trying to get someone's faith stirred up this morning. You've been willing to sit in what was because you're letting the culture that you've created to still be around you. You need to get up out of that mess and find some new friends. Get up out of that mess and find some new people that you need to get around. You need to change some things. You need to change some of the junk that you're watching. I almost said crap, but I saw these two children down here. No, I'm serious. Y'all think, think I'm joking. There is so much junk right now. I'm sick of it. I'm so grieved in my spirit 
with the stuff that I'm seeing, and then the so-called ministers of the gospel tiptoeing around issues, not being point blank about what is right and what is wrong. I'm not playing those games. For my daughter to sit next to me and to see on social media an ad pop up, and on that ad, it's encouraging that in our school systems that it's okay for drag queens to teach our children, I got a problem with that. And for her to say, Daddy, that's not right, kudos to me and Mom. Why, 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 why is that man dressed like a woman? Well, that's a good question, Saya. I'm nerved by these things right now. Unless I fully give myself over to the flesh of it, the reality is this, is that there is junk that is trying to come against the families, the households, our generation. And I'm not tiptoeing around these issues. It's simple. It's obedience or disobedience. It's righteousness or it's sin. And I will not have sin creeping into my door. So what Joshua says in the book of Joshua 24, for me and my house, don't let me help you with this. That doesn't just mean me and my spouse and my children. That means my house, everything that is of my possession, which means my house, the TV that is on, the podcast that I stream, everything in my house must serve the Lord. It must lean to the kingdom of God, not to the kingdom of darkness. Some of y'all are going to get a spiritual purging out of this today. You're going to get home and start clearing out devils that you've been wondering why I'm not fully blessed because you got crap in your house you need to get out. Me and my house is going to serve the Lord. What I watch, what I listen to, how I act, the way I talk. Book of Malachi chapter 2 says you come to me with your offerings and you want to be blessed yet you deal with your wife and your family treacherously? Are you kidding me? Don't come in here crying before the Lord, bless me, when you're at home cursing your family out. Me and my house are going to serve the Lord. We're going to do what's honorable. We're going to do what's right. We're going to love the way that Jesus loves. We're going to bring correction out of love. We're going to discipline. We're going to do what we need to do because our house will reflect the kingdom of God through and through. Some of y'all are like, oh, I didn't know. I was going and I was getting this at church this morning. I'm, I'm just, I'm tired, I'm tired of the agenda of the enemy. Because here's the thing. Well, you know, it's less than, than half a percent. I don't care what the percentage is. Sin is sin. I don't care what the, what, what the metrics are of sin. Sin is sin. And I don't want it in our church. I don't want it in your family. I don't want it. In our nation, we are still a nation under God. In fact, newsflash, every nation is a nation under God because God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> the devil wants to rob you of your blessing and our children of their blessing. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, and he blessed them. Oh, wait. There was, there was no pronoun on that. 
Yes, there was. He said male and female. He blessed them. He said, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish. The goal of the Lord is for you to walk in blessing everywhere that you step foot in this earth. He wants you to walk in his blessings and his abundance in every area of your life. The devil does not like that because he can't ever walk in the blessings. So he's doing anything and everything that he can. Right now, he is working overtime to shortchange. And you know what? Newsflash is that the Holy Spirit's also working overtime for those that want him to. The Holy Spirit is in you for you. He's on you for others. So don't be selfish with the Holy Spirit. And I got mine today. Thank you, Jesus. Now go out there and give it to somebody else. Because the devil is waging war on our generation. He's waging war on the church right now. And here's the thing. It's not what's coming out of pulpits as a watered-down gospel anymore. That used to be the thing. It's not watered down. Because, see, I can have a glass of lemonade and you can put some water in it and it can lose some of the flavor, but the flavor is still there. It's not a watered-down gospel. It's a confusing gospel. It's giving me a glass of lemonade and pouring in Tabasco sauce and totally confusing what's going on because people from the pulpits are not being truthful and honest and bold for what the Word of God says. And I'm not going to let the devil intimidate me. I'm not punked by the devil. So I will be bold. And you need to be bold right now. Isaiah says in the book, uh, in chapter 1, verse 9, but there'll be a small remnant, a small remain. Would there not be a small remnant that would rise up in this dark hour that would say, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord? I was praying about this all week, and I said, Lord, all throughout the Bible, you raised up remnants. Throughout the Bible, there was the Joshua's and the David's, the Elijah's and the Elisha's. There was the John the Baptist. Of course, there was Christ. But at the end of the day, here I am. Will I not be a remnant that will stand up for the sake of the gospel? I'm going to rise up as a remnant in this last hour right now because I want to see the blessings of God on my life and on my children. I want my community to encounter Christ. I want them to know that God's a good God, that he loves them, and that he wants to bless them. So every commandment, not some of the commandments, not a few of the commandments. By the way, the commandments are not prioritized from least to worst or from best to worst or least to greatest. Sin is sin. That's what we need back in some of our messages and teaching. We need to preach against the sin and get this junk out. I'm just, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of it. Walking through the mall yesterday, you hear my wife tell about the dressing my daughter up in the dresses. We, man, she would have kept me there all day long. At, once, at one point, I turned over and I was looking at something. I came back and there was four, four more dresses. I'm going to try this one on daddy, this one on daddy, this one on daddy. But I walk, around, I walk around in these public settings sometimes and I, and I just take note of conversations and the way that people talk and I'm grieved. I'm like, God, people are so broken right now. So broken right now. They're hurting right now. Lord, give me the boldness to let somebody know that God loves them. But there's so much divide. 
that's going on in, in, in specifically in our nation today. So much divide. And you got to understand, that is the devil's goal. It's his end game. Divide you from God. Divide you from others. Divide you from yourself. His end game is to get you divided because he himself is forever divided. So you got to see that. Before you get offended and so angry that you're moved to wrath, stop for a second. The devil is trying to divide our minds and our hearts and keep us from crossing over into all that God has for our life. And so we, when we look at this passage, and, I, and I was, again, I was praying about this, is the, the, the Lord said, the land that you go to possess, it's not like Egypt. It's not like the world. It's interesting because when, when, when they lived in Egypt, geographically, rain rarely ever came through Egypt. So that's why he says that you would water by foot. In other words, they would go down to the Nile River, they would grab buckets of water, and they would carry it back to where they were working. And that's how they would water Throughout their, 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 their time that was there, that's how they did agriculture. They watered by foot. But, but God says, if you're obedient to me, you ain't going to have to walk to get no water. I'm going to send the rain. I'm going to send the rain, but you got to get into position. Isn't it fascinating? It was about a week or two weeks ago where we had that historical recording of rain that came down in South Florida. And I know that for, for some people in the room, I know it's, it, it's impacted you um, uh, and, and I know that there's some things that people have lost and damage and things in, in, our, in our hearts, our prayers, and any way that we can help with that. You know, that's what we're here for as the church. But the interesting thing about it is that m most of the waters that flooded was because the rain came early. Rain came earlier than it normally would come. That amount of rain came earlier than it normally would come. Here in South Florida, most of the time we would see it later on in, in May and in June. And you know when the time comes, when you know it's rain season, we lower the canals. We, we, we lower the bodies of water so when the rain comes, we can contain it. But the problem was, is that we weren't ready. We weren't in position. So when the rain came, instead of it being what it needed to be, and some of us, the rain is coming. As children of God, he says there's going to be seasons that are valleys and seasons that are hills. There's going to be highs and there's going to be lows. But no matter what, the eyes of the Lord are watching. And when the rain comes, the question is, are the children of God ready for the rain and for the outpouring? I want to be ready for the outpouring in this season. I want to be ready to contain all that God has for me lest that blessing breaks me. And God will never bless you with a blessing that breaks you. He only wants to bless you with blessings that you can contain. Well, doesn't the Bible say that he wants my cup to runneth over? Yes, he does. But you got to be prepared for that. And most of us, we're not prepared for that. We're not ready. We're not in position. But the rain is coming. And he says, you're no longer going to have to Carry the water by foot. I am sending the rain for those that are obedient. Lord, send the rain. Send the rain of your glory to this house. 
Send the rain of your blessing. Send the rain of your prosperity. Send the rain so that good things can grow and bad things can die. Send the rain, Lord. Do greater in this hour. Do greater in this hour, Lord. Accelerate in this hour, Lord Jesus, that we can see what we've been believing for. Do greater, Lord. Do greater, Lord, in our families. I declare wholeness and healing in our families in the mighty name of Jesus. Sons and daughters that are far from God will come back to God in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, for allowing us as we even leave from here today to walk with the victory and to walk with that authority to know that the devil has to go. That darkness, it must flee because the people of God, the remnant is willing to rise up and say we are in position and we're ready. For the rain, Lord, let it let it be released, Father. And so, so as he's as he is telling them this, he says, "And I'll give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain, in the latter rain. And because of the rain, you're going to be able to gather some grain, dude. Even the Lord likes the bars in the Bible. Drops it all, works so well. Your new wine, your oil, I'll send grass in your fields, livestock that you may be filled. The Lord wants to fill you with good things today." He wants you to be filled with good things today. Take heed to yourself and don't be deceived. If there ever was anything that the devil is trying to do, he wants to deceive you. Deceive your families. Shortchange your future. I want to I close this morning. My prayer in my heart is, is that you feel provoked in a godly way, in a righteous way. To want to stand up and say, devil... I'm not taking any more of your junk. I'm going to be all in for the sake of the gospel. I'm all in for the sake of the gospel. I want to see the, the gospel in action. I don't care about, I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Is he says, I don't care about excellent speech, wisdom, lofty words. The kingdom, it's not found in your Word, not his word, your word, it's found in the power. The kingdom, it's found in power. It's found in power. In other words, the Lord has designed you, created you, and fashioned you to walk with power. With power. There's power in your hands for you to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There's power in your hands to turn off the TV and say, I'm not going to allow that stuff to be played in my house anymore. There's power in who God's called you to be, to be bold. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to proclaim the gospel. We need to speak the word of God. But dare I say is that a lot of churches and ministries have reduced the gospel in their services and their times to, to, together to be in how slick they can communicate a message. It's like Tony Robbins for church. I want that. I'll need a TED Talk on Sunday. I'll need a self-help guide on Sunday. I need the power of the gospel in action to transform and change my life. And the world around you needs that. The world around you needs what God's placed in you today. And when you leave from here, you need to know that as a child of God, you've got to cross over and be bold in who God's called you to be. And to know that you're anointed and appointed for such a time as this. Don't allow culture. Don't allow the world. Don't allow people 
to cause you to reduce yourself. That's what happens is a lot of times is we will reduce the gospel down to our level of experience and wonder where God is at. And how many of you know in life we can experience some pretty hard things and then we question God? The passage we read this morning said, hills and valleys, from the start of the year to the end of the year, God is watching. God's never left you. He's never forsaken you. Jeremiah says he watches over his word to performance, so if he has spoken a word into your life, it shall come to pass. Philippians chapter 1 says that he who began a good work, he will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So what God starts, God will finish. God's not a shoddy contractor who's going to charge you a big bill and then leave you unfinished work at the end of the job. God watches over his word. He watches over his work. You are his workmanship. You are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. In other words, God created you as his workmanship to work. And what I mean by work is to function, to prosper, to be victorious, to be fruitful, to multiply, to be blessed. He watches over his word. My question is to you this morning, do you watch over his word? Do you watch over his word? Are you fully obedient? Are you all in? Are you without fail? And I'm not talking about perfection. Because the worst thing in the world is what we do is we take things like God's commandments and we create a legalistic system around it. And then no one ever feels qualified to walk in the things of God. I remember that growing up. They used to do this thing, they put a rubber band around your wrist and every time you had like a, a, a sexual thought, you snap your wrist. Snap that thought right out of you. That was the generation that I grew up in in the church. We would put systems around something that's supposed to make you free. So I'm not talking about legalism, I'm not talking about perfection. What I'm talking about is saying, Lord, when I wake up in the morning and when I go throughout my day and when I close my eyes at the end of the night, next week we're going to talk about the, this passage, the word of the Lord, how it needs to be on the frontlets or on the forefront of our minds and how we need to teach our children the right way, which means I got to be all in every moment for the sake of the gospel. But the question this, to you this morning is, are you all in that when you wake up, go throughout your day and you end your day, that you're saying, Lord... I look to you and you alone. I don't look to Instagram for likes because I'm loved by you. I need to look to social media for self-love. Self-love is selfishness, by the way. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to love me because God loves me. But if my mission in life is seeking self-love, it's selfishness because the gospel is to love others. get into that next week. See if everyone shows up next week. But God loves you so much. And he's got such an incredible life for you. And the devil wants to shortchange that life. But God just wants you to know that he's good, he loves you, and he wants to bless you.
Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.